Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, we are filming this actually on International Women's Day, which is just absolutely perfect. Once you've met my guest today, who is Heather Roberts, she is the founder of Extraordinary Women, as well as the host of a podcast called Boundaries, Business, and Boobs. Okay, so welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you so much for having me, Lance. I'm so excited to be here, especially on International Women's Day. Yeah. And so this is the thing. I didn't even realize this until we started talking before we hit the record button, what your business is really all about and how much, I mean, this is what you do. You're supporting women entrepreneurs, right? And yes. uh, here we are talking about International Women's Day or filming it on International Women's Day. So it's just absolutely perfect in terms of timing. So I'm really excited to have you as my guest here today. Now, before we get into all of that, though, okay. I want you to tell me what, in your opinion, in the, I think you said you've been an entrepreneur since 2007. Mm -hmm. So in all of those years, what's your opinion in terms of what are three things that every entrepreneur needs to know or understand so that we can be better entrepreneurs? First is uh, learn to say no, because you can't be all things to all people. The second is learn to delegate. Mm. We must delegate. Um, and the third would be remember that your business is a separate entity from yourself. You are mm. not your business. Your business is its own living and breathing entity. Yeah. And that's, I'd imagine kind of teasing into some of the work that you do with people around that boundaries aspect that yes. is in your podcast, right? Because yes. the, uh, that's all about setting those proper boundaries. And I know as an entrepreneur myself and other entrepreneurs that I get a, a chance to talk to, we are probably some of the worst people for setting boundaries, I think, yes. <laughs> out of any segment of our population. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is at between, you know, being an entrepreneur and then being a mother on top of it. And let me tell you, it is like the perfect recipe for no boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Completely, right? Yeah. What, yeah. What I, I guess let's let's lead right into this. So what is it that your business, Extraordinary Women, what is it that you do there? What are you trying to accomplish? And I know that the podcast is related to that, so it's all kind of all in one. Um, yep. so, so tell me a little bit about what you do and how you help people. So I work with highly successful female entrepreneurs who are who are mothers, and I help them create a business and life that works with them and together. Um, you know, for decades and decades, we as women have been brought up a certain way. And then if we become an entrepreneur, it was supposed to look a certain way. Yeah. But it's reality check, friends. It doesn't work that way. And so many women are trying to people please and trying to, you know, mm -hmm. set, you know, meet everybody else's expectations that they get to the point of they're about, about at burnout. Um, and, you know, what I do is work with them to make sure that they're the director of their own life and that they're just not an actor in the play. And we do this yeah. through, you know, looking at systems and relationships and time management and, um, you know, 
obviously boundaries is a huge part of it, but there's a, a kind of a deep dive that happens and understanding that just like each human being on this planet is different. The way that you have a business, run your family, volunteer or whatever is going to look different than that way I do it. And that's, that's the way it should be. Right. And, you know, I think that's, that is one thing that is universal. It's not just a male female thing, but it's that we really need to be creating businesses that work for us and it's not against us. Yeah. And, and uh, before we hit the record button, you described yourself as a business and boundaries mentor to these people, right? To yes. these women who mm -hmm. are trying to juggle all the things that women have to juggle. Yeah. yeah and I'm, that, I, that's how I really look at it. I don't feel that I am like a, a life coach or a business coach. It's almost like a special little place in between where the little magic happens. Um, yeah. And, you know, I am really fortunate because I've been a serial entrepreneur. Um, the extraordinary women, I'm very, you know, I, I don't want to work with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I want to reach them so that they hear the message that there's a different way. But I really thrive in that deep connection um, yeah. and really understanding an individual and what that individual needs and how it needs to look for her. Um, so I'm super fortunate for that, um, that I get to have the opportunity to do that. So now I love how niched down you are because I've, as you know, the saying goes, the riches are in the niches, but, um, but it also allows you to do that deep diving that you're saying that you really like to do. You like to have those deeper connections with the people that you're working with, but at the same time, try to reach a broader audience. And that's where the podcast must come in as well. Yes. Um, I haven't listened to an episode yet, but I presume you're having conversations with women who are entrepreneurs, mothers, and they're having some challenges and you're working with them to, to deal with that or, or uh, talking about some of the ways that they've overcome some of those challenges. Yeah, is that correct? it is. So the women that I interview on the podcast are most, for the most part, on the other side. So they have, you know, they have figured out um, what works for them and how it, and how it looks. And, and so what we really do is we talk about, you know, mm -hmm. from their journey, like, where did you start? What were some of the stumbling blocks along the way? When did you realize that this was the line in the sand and something had to change? And what did you do? You know? Yep. And so that's what we really talk about on the podcast. Um, and my, you know, with that, the intention is to let other female entrepreneurs understand that, look, I've interviewed all of these women and not one of them has done it in the same way. Yeah. And so I think that's the key takeaway is that there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat. Yeah. So and so like talking about boundaries in general, like we said at the beginning is all entrepreneurs struggle with this uh, for sure. And so I would love to hear what advice you give or what would be some of the, you know, uh, the, the top thing or two that entrepreneurs in general could do or more specifically women, if you wanted to get that yeah. specific as well, because we have a lot of women that listen to this show as well. Yeah. Great question. So the first thing I do is, um, when I give talks or, or even on my podcast, I ask every single person the same question, which is, how do you define boundaries for yourself? Okay. And 
that really is the launching pad because I can guarantee you it's going to be different for every single solitary person because that's what it's been so far. I have had no repeat traffic on the definition of it. Um, <laughs> so once you decide what what boundaries look like for you, then it becomes the let's implement some of them. Um, and so, you know, I, I look at it is that there are three components of boundaries. There's trust, alignment, and balance. And when you have all of those, you have what I call space. And for me, it's space to be able to breathe. Because if I can breathe, then I can think. And if I can think, then I can create. And creating can happen in many different forms. It doesn't have to be, you know, writing or drawing or whatever. It can be creating a product. It can be making dinner. I don't care what it is for you. But um, so those are, so those are my, so it really starts with defining boundaries for yourself. The second thing is um, to understand that you are worth having boundaries. Your self-worth is more important than anything else. And that can be a really hard concept, especially for women. We put our self-worth in a lot of different things. Male entrepreneurs tend to put their self-worth in their business. Um, And if there's stumbling blocks in their business, their self-esteem, you know, goes with that. So it's really about recognizing the importance of self um, and confidence when you, when you can do those things, then you're, then you are able to more efficiently and effectively stick to the boundaries that you've created. Um, and I think the third thing is really around, um, team and expectations and delegation. We need to make sure if you bring on, even if it's just one team member, that, and it could be a VA, it can be whatever, that you empower them to do the job that you are asking them to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of, you know, they they say they want to let it go, but then they don't, right? Yeah. They pull yeah. it right back in. Um, and that causes a lot of disruption and friction in your business. So you need to let it go, um, but also have check-ins to manage it along the way. So, you know, but that's, those are the things that I think are the constant day-to-day struggles. So when you were, the the first couple, when you were talking about those, the image that popped into my mind, because I was just on a plane just, uh, just on the weekend, is, you know, when they're going through the safety instructions Mm -hmm. and so on, and you're supposed to put the mask on yourself before you put the mask on somebody else. And that yep. very much is the boundaries and self-worth part of it. It's like, no, like I, I know I have to do this. I mm-hmm. am worthy of this and I have to be good here. I have to be able to be uh, comfortable with who I am, the boundaries that I've set so that I can be set up for success so that I can then help the other people that are in my life. Right. And women even more so have that desire or need or, or just by default, a lot more people, I think in their lives that Mm -hmm. they're trying to help, Mm -hmm. um, who are relying on them. Right. So it's about getting that safety mask on yourself, the the air mask first. Right. Yep. That's it. You, you nailed it. We have to take care of ourselves first. 
Yeah, really cool. So now tell me a little bit more about your entrepreneurial background, because you were saying that you have been an entrepreneur since 2007, mm -hmm. uh, but Extraordinary Women in your podcast has been something that has only been in the last year or so, but mm -hmm. you've done a lot of things in between that time. I'd love to hear you uh, just explain a little bit more about your background. Yeah. So for the first 14 years I was married, I was the stay-at-home parent. Um, and in 2007, my husband had been in corporate and we moved all over the place. Um, in 2007, um, we made a decision together to, as I say, we left corporate, um, because it was, you know, at that point it was just as much a decision on with, for me. And we kind of almost by accident, um, founded a, agency that helps home decor and furniture suppliers grow their e-commerce sales channel. So this was for companies that wanted to sell to Wayfair and it's before Wayfair was actually Wayfair. Um, yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> um, and Overstock and Amazon and Home Depot and Lowe's and all of these. So we still have that business today. Um, I spend about two hours a week in it, um, mainly leadership, marketing, or finance, you know, conversations. Um, but it's very, it's scheduled, like it is scheduled on the calendar of when I, when I do that. And then other than that, um, the company has a great team that runs it. Yep. And, um, so I've done that. And then, um, along the way, I also, um, thought it would be, I thought I really wanted to try, owning my own product business. I had helped so many of our clients with things like trends and materials and design and, you know, all of the things that also go into a, a product. So I um, started a decorative throw pillow company at the kitchen table um, with no design experience whatsoever and really created a company that was centered around the idea of having affordable, durable, family friendly, family friendly throw pillows, but that had the look and high end design of, um, a lot of the aspirational brands. And mm. so that's what we did. Um, I hired an artist and we created, we created those things, those patterns and those designs and that feel within two and a half years. Um, it, company grew to be a top five supplier, um, in pillows for Wayfair. Wow. And, um, yeah, which was amazing. Like it's amazing. Um, and along the way I learned this really important lesson, which was I hated it. <laughs> I did not like this at all. It was not my cup of tea. It never took a break. It never went on vacation and, you know, God help me on Black Friday, you know? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um, yeah. so yeah. So I realized that I was going to, uh, you know, I, I've, I'm a very systems oriented person, very operationally. So I had been putting in a lot of automations along the way and just sped that up a bit. And in 2019, um, decided that I wanted to sell the company and I was super lucky, um, to sell it for an amazing, you know, seven figure plus exit, which, um, which was amazing. The company's still thriving today, which is also something that makes me very proud. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that's what kind of gave me the launching pad to have some time and space to really say, you know, I'm really tired of hearing the conversations of women when 
and in this you should relate. So when you walk up to someone and you would be like, Hey, how are you doing? And they're like, Oh my God, it's so crazy. Yeah, there's this yeah. soccer practice. There's this play at the school. There's this at the church. There's this, 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 this. And Oh my God, my mother-in-law's coming to town and da, 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 da. And I'm like, <laughs> breathe, breathe, you know? <laughs> um, and I unfortunately learned that lesson, uh, the very hard way myself. So that's where I was like, I just, this doesn't feel right not to, not to say, okay, we've got to stop. We've yeah. got to stop. We've got to take that breath. So, so now tell me in your life then, when did you decide or when did this moment happen for you where you're like, I need to slow down because yeah. you live that, right? That was oh, yeah. who you were. You had all those things happening. You're running this uh, throw pillow company. You've got the agency as well that you're involved with. You've got the family commitments and oh, yeah. everything that comes along with that. And and so you must have hit the wall at some point. I did. It <laughs> it happened. Well, the story begins at 3 a.m. Um, my husband was uh, traveling and had traveled a lot at that time. And um, it was 3 a.m. And we had, at the time, our children were in middle school and high school. So they were on all of the sports Very teams. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, so I was team mom, v, uh, PTA president, running to companies, um, volunteering. And I have parents who were in not great health and so forth. But um, it's 3 a.m. And I am sending an email out about the PTA function or thing that was happening. I can't even tell you what this stupid email was about now. I just, it was at 3 a.m. And the reason I know that is because the next morning, um, you know, I was up for the day at 3 a.m. It wasn't like I hadn't gone to sleep. I had woken up and I was already, you know, laptop next to me, boom, started working. And um, it was the next morning and I was at the kid's school and the head of the upper school comes up to me and says, what in the hell are you doing emailing at 3 a.m.? And I was like, oh my God. Hmm. You know, it was just such a literally like this, oh my gosh. So, you know, th this feeling, like it was almost like it trickled from the top of my head all the way down to my toes. And yeah. I realized like right? yeah. this was out of control. Um, and so the first thing um, I did was I hired uh, my very first personal assistant and, and, or what you may now call today house manager. Um, yeah. so, um, and she was life changing, like she was life changing. And I, you know, I made a decision to not give up the commitments. I decided to hire so that I could fulfill the commitments that were important to me. Um, and in that I've, I found my life back again. I mean, and, mm. and since that time, I will never not have, you know, a house manager. Like, <laughs> it is a non-negotiable for me. Um, I actually have a girlfriend who said she'd rather not eat than not have her house manager. Like, it's <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, I understand that feeling. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I think um, that was my big aha and my best lesson. And I think ironically, a lot of entrepreneurs think, um, women in particular, think their first hire should be like a VA of some kind. Mm -hmm. And I actually say you need to hire your own personal assistant first. Yeah, for, for all aspects 
of mm-hmm. your of your life then right is what you're oh, talking yeah. about that, that's the difference between the the VA and the house yep. manager essentially yep. right yep so in in my case and it can look a little different for each person but for me um this my the one I have now actually does all of the house cleaning. She does laundry. She um she will cook if I want her to. She does all of the shopping, all of the errand running. She takes my parents to their doctor's appointments. Um, my kids are now you know in their twenties, so I don't have as much of of that. But all the other parts of my you know she makes our like she makes appointments for us. She handles all of the car stuff. Just she just she just takes care of life. Yeah, and yeah. it makes it so nice because I don't have to worry about, you know, okay, dad has an eye appointment, mom has this, you know, how, you know, how can I coordinate it? You know, she is literally my right hand. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting because sometimes I get so overwhelmed with all the decisions that I have to make as the, you know, the founder, the CEO of our agency. And, you know, we've got 25 people that, so it's not huge, but right. there's enough where there's always somebody needing a piece of me, right? And yes. and having to make those decisions. And and that is the part where sometimes I just get paralyzed almost, where it's just mm-hmm. like, I can't handle making one more decision. And so where the, the um, I guess the friction occurs is more on the personal side of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if I'm hardwired any different than most other entrepreneurs. And like you mentioned, male entrepreneurs that really kind of focus on the business and that becomes mm-hmm. a little bit of the definition of who they are in that. And so where, where if there's something that kind of gives or that I have to give, sometimes that's where the explosion kind of happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, is yeah. on the personal side. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. I can't think of another, like, I don't know what we're going to have for dinner tonight. Right. <laughs> I right. don't want to think about that. Right. I don't want to think about, you know, well, who's going to get, you know, the one child to the baseball practice or not. It's just mm-hmm. like, ah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. You need a house yeah. manager. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they don't right. have to be full time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and and see, then this is the thing. So I grew up with in uh, my mother was a stay at home mother. She didn't mm-hmm. work outside of the home, and so she would had the time. She had the ability to, you know, do all the things from a family perspective and mm-hmm. and manage the house, manage the schedules, manage the appointments, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, from a traditional standpoint, you know, we were very fortunate to have that. Mm-hmm. And my dad was free to pursue his businesses and really focus on the growth that he was doing there. And so um, it's, but as soon as you transition out of that, whether that's a working mother or an entrepreneur mm-hmm. mother and so on, we still kind of have this uh thought process or traditional view of things and how those mm-hmm. tasks still kind of fall on the female mm-hmm. in the relationship, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you kind of replaced a lot of that uh, strategically with the house manager. Yes. Now, was that difficult for you to let go of some of those things that maybe traditionally you feel like almost obligated to, or that there's a certain amount of who you are, are you a good mother if you aren't doing these things or a good wife and so on? Were those thoughts that came through and were those really difficult for you to overcome? Um, No. And I'm going to tell you a story that really, um, I think paints the picture really well. I, if I didn't make a change, I was going to self-destruct. Like I was going to, 
you know. And um, what I did was, you know, literally um, my assistant would, for example, and this is the story I'm going to tell is that when I had my assistant, um, I was what they called the team parent of a basketball team for one of my kids. And part of that responsibility was making sure there were volunteers for various things and that the kids got fed a meal before their game, right? Pretty, pretty, you know, normal stuff. Um, I put her in charge of finding all of the volunteers and I put her in charge of getting the meals. And not only that, but she would take them to the school and she would serve them. And um, because I didn't have the bandwidth to do that, and what was more important to me was to be at the actual basketball game um, and show up where I could show up. And I will never forget. Um, And and mind you that, that my daughter, you know, she was... Um, she was like late middle school, early high school when this started happening. And she was, of course, mortified. Mom, why do you have to have an assistant come? I'm like, here's it, you know, do you want me to spend my time doing all this or do you want me to come to your game? Yeah. Which is it going to be? So she eventually got over it. Um, But yeah, so there was that. And I literally, after about the first or second time she had come and and helped out at the school, um, I had a teacher and a parent um, say, yeah, so who's that person that you've got doing all your things? And I said, oh, that's my assistant. And um, the teacher's eyes lit up and she's like, what does she do? And the parent said, why do you need an assistant? Yeah. And I said, well, because I've made, you know, I have made um, commitments and I want to be able to fulfill those and I want to do the things that I want to be able to do. And I own my own business and I cannot be in two places at once. So I'm fortunate enough that I can hire somebody to be me when I can't be me. Yeah. And the the teacher was just like, this is the greatest things in the whole entire world. I wish I had one of these. And the other parent was trying to make me feel bad about it. And I said to her, I said, so let me ask you this. Have you had to do any extra work because of it? And she's like, no. And I said, is your kid getting fed? She's like, yeah. I said, is your kid happy? She's like, yeah. And I said, then how do you care how I get it done? Yeah. Yeah. It's getting done. Done is the most important thing in this sentence. And it was kind of after that, you know, word spread, (laughs) like, don't mess with Heather's, you know, assistant. Everybody be nice <laughs> yeah. to Heather's assistant because she's making life better for everybody. So, you know, and I have encountered that in a couple different ways and in different stages in my life. But, um, yeah. So, no, it absolutely did not make me feel like I was being less than. It actually made me feel more than. That yeah. I was able yeah. to deliver on, you know, I was able to keep my, do the things I needed to do for my parents and keep them, you know, safe and, and, and all of that. And I was able to follow through on the commitments to my kids. I was able to follow through on the commitments to my husband because, you know, she took care of the dry cleaning and the this and the that, and, you know, you name it, right? And um, so, no, it, it actually has brought me quite a bit of joy and yeah. pride. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the way that it should be. It's just all, all, you know, when we have other people's 
perceptions or opinions as to how things should be they trickle into into you know our lives a little more than what it should at times and so good on you for being able to be like no this is this this is fine this is totally fine yeah. uh, we have assistance in so many other aspects and so many other things that we do uh where people are assisting and supporting and, yeah. and and there's no no reason why it can't be within no. the home environment as well yeah yeah and my mom was one of the biggest yeah um challenges <laughs> i think is a good way to say it you know kind of a a little bit of the you know well do you think you're too good and I'm, it's it's not about that it's about fulfilling being fulfilled and and doing the things that we can so yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I, I'm I'm curious because you've had so much success uh, to date, you know, with the agency and then with the uh, throw pillow business, and now you're launching this relatively new business as mm -hmm. well. So a year into it, about, mm -hmm. and I, I'm curious, how do you define success now? Success for me comes in small things. It's not about the hustle anymore. Mm. Um, to me, success is being able to go to Pilates in the middle of the day if that's what I want to do. Yeah. Success for me is taking a month sabbatical off because I wanted to. You know, I took September off. Um, and I'm going to do that again and maybe even May of this year. I haven't finally decided. But for me, it successes those, those things. Plus, yeah, it's not a monetary, it's not a monetary thing. It's, a, it's a state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think, you know, from what little I know of you at this point, it seems like there's a really strong common thread uh, or two. Uh, one is the ability to help other people. Yeah. And the commitments that you make to other people and, 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 and other activities, I guess. Right. And mm -hmm. just being able to show up and be there and get the, that done. Um, yeah. I would imagine those must be just really common uh, fabric throughout your life. Mm -hmm. They really are. I, you know, I made the conscious decision that I want to make sure that I am 100% present. Yeah you know, every day in all, every conversation in anything I decide to do or, you know, whatever it may be. I just really, really am intentional about being completely focused and present on what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. 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 Good on you. Um, a question for you, if you could send a letter back to your younger entrepreneurial self with some magical time machine, mm -hmm. what would you have in that letter, what would you tell yourself, your younger 2007 entrepreneur? Um, you are stronger, more intelligent, and more talented than you have given yourself credit for. Hmm. You have had life experience that allows you to you've had life experience that puts you at the table. Yeah. You belong at the table. So why do you think that 2007 entrepreneur, you know, Heather, why do you think she didn't feel that she 
deserve to be at that table? Um, I, like you, was raised in a very traditional household. My mom was the stay-at-home parent. Um, my dad, you know, it was my, just like you that, you know, my mom did everything and my dad went to work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and for the first, you know, 14 years I was married, we, you know, in the first five years, we moved six times and had three children. So, yeah. And we'd owned four houses. So yeah. crazy. Like it was crazy. Um, crazy is in like, you know, we'd live someplace six months and nine months and 13 months and 18 months. And then, you know, yeah. and then we landed in one place for, for much longer, but I had felt because of the way I think I was raised that I had no business being in the professional world mm -hmm. that I didn't have the skill set. Now, what I know now is I raised money for um, our town. I organized PTAs. I co-wrote a church cookbook. I um, I kind of was the, you know, I did all of our family finances and organizing and you name it, right? I did yeah. everything. Yeah. And those skills are transferable. Completely, yeah. You know, yeah. you have to make, you have to learn some other things, but the basic core is there. I've always been a very, you know, now I say I have a very operational mindset. I can mm. easily break something down um, and say, this is how we can go about fixing it. That That is something that comes natural. I didn't realize that that was something that wasn't natural to everybody when I was staying at home with the kids. I thought everybody yeah. did that. Yeah. 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 That's your superpower probably. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah really yeah. cool. I'm yeah. surprised that after those experiences, you didn't actually start a moving company or something because I that know. seems to be where your expertise <laughs> was packing and moving probably. Well, I actually, we were, we were lucky because this is back in corporate days where, you know, they, they pack uh, you and they move you. Yeah, so, yeah. um, you know, my, my superpower was finding schools for my children, Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, and reestablishing that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us today and, and uh, you know, some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. I, I'm curious if you would be open to, you know, sharing any contact information, if there's anybody out oh, there who yeah. would like to connect with you to learn a little bit more about you and, and, and maybe, you know, specifically if there's any women in the audience who are entrepreneurs who are really you know, having that boundary setting challenges and yeah. trying to figure out how to juggle everything. Um, what's the best way for them to reach you and, and connect with you? Uh, so you can do it a couple ways. The first is you can um, reach me on Instagram. I'm at boundaries, business and boobs. Um, it's just the name of the podcast. Uh, so that's an excellent way. Um, you can also um, email me it's, I'm that easy and transparent. Um, and it's Heather at extraordinarywomen.co.co. Awesome. So those are the two to, easiest ways. Yeah. Yeah. And if they wanted to tune into the podcast, where can they find the podcast? Wherever you listen to your podcast. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, um, Apple and, um, Spotify, Google, you know, wherever you find your, your regular podcasts. 
Excellent. Boundaries, Business, and Boobs is the name of the podcast. So search that up, ladies. And uh, I think you're going to be in for a treat there. I imagine there's some really good conversations that happen over there. And if you want to connect, extraordinarywomen.co would be the website to go to. So thank you again, Heather. I really appreciate it. And for those of you who are listening today and you really like this episode and want to dig into some of the archives of past uh, entrepreneur stories that we've had the privilege of sharing here, just head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca and that's where you're going to find the archives and of course just like heather's podcast you can find amplify your business anywhere you listen to podcasts and so just search amplify your business and you will find us there until next time everybody have a prosperous day 